guys, it's Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie. And this is Karen. And welcome to the new year. Bienvenidos, our people. And we're we're doing that whole thing where we say who we are instead of saying who the other one is. So that right. nobody confuses our voices. Oh, which I don't yeah. know how you could. No, one either. of them is dulcet and <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I I know what you're talking about now. You're referring to that my favorite murder, people were confused because they would say, that's Karen and that's Georgia. Right. And it imprinted on their mind. Yeah. Because psychological things like that, it (laughs) really prints on people's mind. So when you say it, I'm your cult leader. Over and over, I'm your cult leader. People... They won't know. And then next thing you know. And guess what else? You just said something that I'm going to be talking about later because this episode that we're doing is 2023 Reflections. And we're also going to be talking about 2024. But the way you just said it, that things imprint on your mind, guess mm. what? You can you can decide what to put in there and program in your little brain. Oh, oh, so. I will be talking about that later. <laughs> no, I am. Anyway. Shit. So we have so, nothing yeah. to talk about. So there's your welcome. Yeah. You know where to find all our things. You go below that. All the platforms. You, it's there and things and you see us and you hear us and you go, uh, but please send in your true stories because sometimes we get a huge burst and it's in a lag period right now. So Go to our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com, or look below, tap on Send Us Your True Funny Stories, and do it. Or can't they just email us? Like, no. maybe they're at an... Op- <laughs> maybe there's some listener who's like, damn, I can't do anything, but I can email. Um, let's, let's hit stop while I yell at Bonnie. No, I'm not going to yell. Let's talk about one of our greatest things that we have done, and that is we just hired a management company, y'all. We did it because Karen's brain is spaghetti. Uh Uh-oh, that's me. My brain is spaghetti. And so if I don't... Yes, yes, Bonnie? (laughs) But say it in a positive way because Karen does all of the back work that you don't see, like the editing and the posting and figuring out who's going to host this digital blob (laughs) that is a podcast and posting things on deconversion therapy podcast, TikTok and making content because Karen does all that. We need somebody's guidance who and can I look love at it. Doing it so positively, I thought that right. was positive because who doesn't like pasta? There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for me, like we got a DM of one today on Instagram, so I have to screenshot that. But I'm going to have to remember to put that into our automated part and all that. If you go to our website, you've got the field, and it shows up for us. Otherwise, I have to go to these other places and gather them, and I will forget. That's why I'm saying it. My brain is not set up to remember things, (laughs) which is great. And that's why I've been married 30 years. Yeah. 
And you're you're saying exactly the same thing that I would say to a coworker. It, this happens in my job all the time. I do real estate. I would tell somebody who I worked with, could you please, if you have an appointment you want me to deal with, send me an email. Send me an email. That way I can keep it unread. I can get to it when I'm not in a car. Mm -hmm. And so it would fall on deaf ears every time. Like, could you please just send me an email if you want me to deal with this? And then they text. I'm like, if you text it, it's going into fucking tumbleweeds land of my brain. So then they get the pleasure of going... How come I told you this and it didn't get done? Like, because you did it the way I asked you and I begged you not to do it. So, yeah. So that's why we're trying to get it through the old website. Right, right. And, I mean, we've got, uh, we're so, I am, I'm so excited about the management company. And one thing uh, I had them do is actually write me a little simple Karen, on Monday, get these things done Tuesday because my brain really does rattle everywhere. So I do take my ADHD medication, but only like twice a week. Bonnie, I think it is contributing to my hair loss, my thinning hair. I'm not sure. Oh, no. (laughs) Let Let me also just bust in and tell you as a reminder in seventh grade, The teacher that we had said to Karen, you need an assignment book. And she would write her assignment in the assignment book and then go up to the teacher and get her teacher to initial it every time there was an assignment and it was either done or or at least recorded. And I was so jealous. I'm like, fuck that. I'm getting an assignment book. So I went to Eckerd Drugs, got my assignment book, and then did the same thing. I'm like, why shouldn't I have somebody initial my work as well? Ooh, an autograph. <laughs> This has been going on for so long. Just and and it's 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 so normal. It's so normal. It's so nice though, if you think about it, that in seventh grade somebody told us, "Hey, hey, Brainiac, write stuff down." Yeah, and and it wasn't like I had a real problem with school. And another thing was we used to have the desk that you put the stuff in and it closed. And it was at a slight, like maybe 85 degree angle, like a architect board nearly that you would put your work on. Karen's yeah. never went to that angle. <laughs> Karen's <laughs> always had so much shit stuffed in it, homework undone. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, click management is doing some of our things now. They're also going to be. Doing some other things you guys get to see. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you're going to hear more about it. But so thankful that they can start doing a lot of things that even my brain cannot wrap its mind around, like analytics. Give me a break. Who needs that? And it's nice to have somebody to be obligated to. For me, that goes a long way. I'm definitely... I hate this word, but I can be a self-starter, but uh-huh. if if I have somebody to be obligated to, oh, that's just like the icing on the cake. Well, we're going to be like recommending books and different things on here, and one of mine is Gretchen 
Rubin's The Four Tendencies, and Ooh, those I are am so good. one of those. I forget. I think the <laughs> We're obligator. All one of those. Yeah, I know. The obligator. Obliger. Oh, that Obliger. one too. Sure, that's it. And <laughs> it really is. I, I was such a good girl growing up because, yeah, because of my parents and just being like. Oh, yes, I will do what they say. Okay, it did not work with teachers, obviously, giving me homework. But I think that's it. Like, this is an investment for us, and it is thanks to the people who sponsor us through our newsletter that this is even possible to get our podcast life together because we've been doing it for five fucking years. That's crazy. One of my big brags is that Gretchen Rubin is friends with us on TikTok. And, like, I don't think a lot of people know who she is and that she's on there because she's. I don't, sort of I wouldn't, you're right, I wouldn't affiliate her with TikTok. No. And it isn't yeah. like a platform that is automatically putting their arms around her, but I still get all her great stuff. But yeah, so someone for me who's like me has to uh, do things because other people are going to check on them. And there was one great thing, and I think I talked about it before, that these two obligers would go to the gym, and then at the end of the workout, they'd give each other their shoes and be like, see you Wednesday. And they knew they had to show up because if the other one showed up by themselves, they wouldn't be able to work out because they didn't have their shoes. Like, they did it. In That's clever. It is, but I'm being embarrassed. Like, she does provide me? clever tricks. She does. So I'm gonna yeah. do that and be like, let's change sports bras, and then okay, yeah. <laughs> the whole four tendencies thing. I am also an obliger. Those are people who meet outer expectations and struggle to meet expectations that they put on themselves. Yeah. So, but she also says that people are like a blend of things. And she said she's like a big upholder and they completely are self-starters and they put an obligation in their path and then they meet it. And so. How is um, that? What is that? How is that? Unbelievable. You know what? And, and I, I, I wasn't that way until I went to school, to university and got my journalism degree. And mm-hmm. because my first degree that I got, because I have so many degrees, <laughs> um, my, my first degree was in sociology. And that was pretty much learn information, regurgitate it for a test. Great. Who can't do that? Your, your obligation is to the test. So I go for my journalism degree, and the first assignment that I have, I realize, oh, fuck, what was I thinking of going to journalism school? <laughs> I have to actually put an article together and turn it in in mm. class Correct. at a certain time. Yeah. There was no, okay, maybe I'll just study really hard for a few hours and then regurgitate it. Like, nope. And that's when I realized, what I, I, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. And and it was it was every class here write about this turn it in at this point like what so that's what i learned to do here's a deadline pump it out but then you get to where if you know that you can pump something out 
you can get, give yourself your own I deadline. Know. I know. <laughs> She's shaking her head. She's going, no, no. I, I, you know, I've done some articles for magazines and those damn deadlines. And now editors are pretty nice. They'll say, would that work for you? And I want to say, do not ask that. Don't ask you me. say April 2nd, <laughs> and then you scare me a little bit with that. Right. And that's it. Right. Because it's so e- easy now to wiggle out of them. Um, yeah, I definitely need... My husband is a self-starter, and, I mean, that's why I hate his... Gu- no. Um, <laughs> but it, it is fascinating to me. My daughter, one of my daughters is like that also. I have a really hard time. So anyway, we're thankful to management. Yay. Yeah. Let me just (laughs) get one purge out. Yeah. And there is another type of person. The, The other two types are questioners where they question everybody's expectations and they'll only make They'll only meet an expectation if they think it makes sense. That's what her husband is, Gretchen okay. Rubin. All right. And then there's another one. There's another um, personality type called Rebels. And I realize, much to my uh, frustration, my mom mm-hmm. is like some kind of combination of fucking p- shithead questioner <laughs> and fucking shithead rebel. And yeah. nothing... I cannot figure out how to motivate her to do anything, anything. And it makes me so happy that I don't have children because that's exactly the kind of child I would have shat out. Mm. (laughs) Like somebody who I can only motivate by threatening to, you know, lock them in their bedroom. And even then they'd probably be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds perfect. I'm close to a rebel. And oh my God, it drives me insane because rebels can also do things or not do things that affect them negatively. Right. And then it affects everyone negatively. And I'm going to do a pitch for a flu shot. It's okay if you're anti-vaccine, anti-flu shot and you're here. That's fine. When you're in a situation where you're taking care of someone, which someone I know is taking care of someone, and you are like, nah, I don't need a flu shot. And if I get Bullshit. it, oh, well, the problem is Bullshit. while you're sick, someone, one, might need to take care of you, two, step in to do the things that you can no longer do. So they see it as a them situation, them taking a stance, but it affects everyone every fucking time. And that's to you, and all this you is where, rebels. And don't you, because we're obligers and do other things for other people, it, to us, that's an act of hostility. Yeah. And it's yeah. really, and, and it's so hard to say, well, that's just their personality type. But it kind of is. So do you And they can't think, get out of their own way either. I know. That's what I mean. Do you think that they yeah. think negatively about ours? Are we putting ours no. as the number one best thing ever? Because we have no, to No, they want to be us. Okay. They've told me before. Oh. Well, I don't <laughs> want to be an obliger. Okay, let's get well, off Gretchen Rubin. I don't even know all right. where that was going. We love her. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. But great book, need to read it. 
do it. So we're going to recommend some books, some things that happened this year, some things we want to do in the new year. This is our intimate conversation time, y'all. Yeah, there will be no discussion of vaginal dryness in our intimate conversation. (laughs) One thing negative that happened this year was my dog of 16 years died, and it was horrible because we did have to make the decision to sort of put him down and there's this whole thing, you know it's humane or dog mane. You know it's animal mane, but you're still doing an action that ends her life. And it's so yeah. tough. And I believe in assisted death for people. Yeah. But I can only imagine. If they want it. If they Whoops, want it. I did not think of that part. Um <laughs> But absolutely, but the whole, how it impacts you and the PTSD and all the yeah. things and we're deciding when and, uh, but I'll tell you that among a few other things I'll talk about that happened this year. One thing I didn't do is I didn't see these things as trials I had to pray about. I didn't see yeah. them as Let me spend a lot of time in a small group praying over this difficulty, pulling up this one. It was just, you have it, you can be upset about it, you handle it however, and that's it. But the time I used to spend on every fucking thing, for I probably would Mm -hmm. have prayed over my dog to get healed. I probably would have been like, Jesus, take him tonight if it's your will. I can't imagine all the kind of ministrations I would go through to handle that. And we have talked before about this. The notion that you have to pray about all of those things as though they're trials, to me, that means in the back of your head, there is a promised land of life should be perfect every single day. And it could Mm. be if I prayed about it the right way. True. But guess what? Life is just not like that. There's hard yeah. stuff. You're sad listening. some days. What? I was uh, not with my yeah. meds. Um, I was listening to someone who could have been a psychologist or something, and they were talking about happiness is not the human default. And to understand no. that is so powerful for you to understand that it's not a default that you're not getting to. It is a momentary thing that either comes naturally once in a blue moon or outside things, you know, or you work on it, whatever. But that really impacted me, although my medications keep me closer to that default than they used to. And I'm wondering if we were listening to the same thing. It's the guy who wrote the book where Oprah is now involved and she chimes in on the audiobook. But he did a podcast where he explains that, and this was so comforting to me. He explains that the human brain is wired to constantly be scanning for threats because that's like our reptile brain. And that's what we used to have to do when we were out on the tundra trying to stay alive. So we've Mm -hmm. still got that part of our brain working and scanning for threats and negative things. So, yeah. And we think happiness is just. Can we use that reptile brain to then take them out? Because aren't you supposed to scan then take out the threat? Is that 
And it can't. Yeah. And it legally, we, can I then say it was my reptile brain? I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, we need it when we're walking <laughs> along at night and there's a coyote, or we're walking and there is a car coming our way. We need it then. But it's when it gets out of control and anxiety uh-huh, uh-huh, just girl. flourishes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to say how even all that praying and all that has melded and mushed in this past year. The family dynamics of my family changed. We sort of have added a couple new people through relationships, and that is absolutely great. Please hear that. Now, no, <laughs> but it's the adjustment. Like they're listening. I know. It's the adjustment because no matter what, you are now seeing things differently. You're seeing the person that they're with sort of change their personalities a bit. You're seeing different dynamics at holidays being totally different. And I like comfort zones. I like where I don't feel I'm, quote, on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Even though I do this podcast, but I don't like in my most quote intimate settings to feel like I have to in a way please or perform or whatever and I know they are too and they should be and I should be but it's been a struggle in a few ways and I think of that with the freaking prayer groups I would have been praying through this I would have been right oh my gosh and it brings again not not my circus, not my monkeys either. Like, yeah. Yeah. And again, you would have been praying about it because it, there was discomfort. And discomfort is just, it's part of the whole human experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay. And just like you said, you had added new people to your family. Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing. But there were struggles. I did the same thing this year. I gave myself a demotion, so to speak. I lessened my work volume. And there were a few months where it was just dark. Right. Because it was change. And was it dark because, like, you went broke and lived on the street? You felt lonely? Or was it just change in general? You know what I mean? It was... It was just change. There was less communication with some coworkers, right. and that that triggered my 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 reptile brain of, oh my god, I'm in trouble because gotcha. we're not communicating like we used to, and mm-hmm. and just change to me, you know, makes my my like makes my heart flutter and go oh, something's wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, the catastrophizing also can be mine. And I think with me, I think so many steps down the line, oh, this new person is coming to the family and it makes them happy, but one day they won't. And then that's going to happen. And, and I'm, that's what I mean by not my circus, not my monkeys. Like I have to um, release myself from thinking I'm helping others by thinking about the bad things I might be able to protect them of <laughs> in the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I know better, Bonnie, than anybody. That's yes. how my brain works, yes. and it's always right. Listener, we know. We know. Who? That's not right. 
So, um, in the way of mental health, if we're kind of on that topic, the other thing that I did this year, but I've done it previously, um, is talk to a professional. So, thank you. If you, yeah, <laughs> I talked to a professional health, mental health counselor. Oh, oh okay. And it, okay, so a couple things that that accomplishes. It allows you to pause and not not get down the road with the crazy thoughts. And mm-hmm. I don't mean crazy, but, you know, you can just play with a thought in your mind like a cat plays with a mouse or a piece of string or whatever. And you just it's just a little toy in your brain, but it they make you pause. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Um, so hopefully if people have the ability to see somebody like even the telehealth community now yeah is great um if you have insurance and can take advantage of that it's so nice just to have somebody who's it's it's just like the management people it's like here is somebody who's focused on our shit right right and that's the thing because I know that we're seeing a lot more issues with therapy because the good thing is it's becoming more commonplace and less stigmatized. But we're also, yeah, yeah, which is great. And then Mm -hmm. we're also seeing people like me that might be like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to win it. Like what that is. (laughs) Wait, win what? (laughs) I'm going to win therapy. I am. That's it. I'm going to be okay. the best at this therapist is going to be like, those are problems and you're fucked up. Bing, gold star. Right. You did conquer that, Karen. Good for you. Like, there are things that I worry that I even, I need someone to break those down. I want to plug right now, uh, what is it? Um, recovering from religion, RFR.org. Oops, I banged the thing, rfr.org. They're an organization that help people, mostly people who have left religion, although it's okay Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian, but I'll just let you know. A lot more who have left religion. They are not therapists. They do have, the head guy is one, a psychologist, I think, but they do have different resources that point you to, quote, secular therapists, because Mm -hmm. nowadays, that's huge. If you bring in a higher power, no matter what, that changes the dynamics of what your therapist is trying to talk to you about. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they also do, like, group sessions online, and they do certain ones across the country, and they just have a facilitator, and it's sort of just group therapy where people get to be like, my parents kicked me out of the house because I was gay, and they're preachers, or I've always felt neglected because of this and that in the church, whatever it is. Um, So that's a free resource that a lot of you guys can use if you need to go to our website deconversiontherapy.com 
And I also wanted to add that I think that you should talk to my therapist because then she could clearly see that I'm winning therapy. Oh, I got some stuff to say. She'd say, oh, but no, Bonnie's much better at therapy than you are, Karen. See, it's... (laughs) We all go into it thinking that. Or not all of us, but she and I do. Right. And that's another thing. I have someone close to me in therapy, and I am like... I, okay, next time you go, can you talk to your therapist about this that I see you're struggling with? And it's hard for me. You don't me tell because, them that. No, I want to. You don't to. tell them that. This is why. No. Bonnie, you don't. No. <laughs> this is why. Because I love that person, and I worry that they just go in and are like, yeah, my week was good. You know what? I really didn't like the way Blah looked at me at work, but it's okay. When I want to be like, could you please bring up your attachment issues? Um, So that's me, and that's my sort of control situation. Sort of, yeah. Could you please fix the thing that would affect me? Thank you. And guess what? It wasn't even that. It was me loving them and going... You need a you need a little help with that, um, but yeah, I I will not. I won't. Let let us pause now for one moment. I will make a recommendation for an amazing movie that's an old Noah Baumbach movie called Mister Jealousy, where hmm. the character can't afford therapy, but his friend is going to a therapist, so he gives him all his issues, and then he. Talks to, the friend talks See? to the therapist and comes back idea. and tells him what the advice was. It was such so I'm going to do that because my loved one will really accept when I say, listen, <laughs> I went and talked to someone about your problems. Guess what? They agree with me. You should be doing A, B, C. Right. <laughs> so if we're on the topic of family dynamics or just interpersonal dynamics, one of the things that somebody in my office said, and I have heard this a subsequent, maybe like two times, about meeting somebody where they are. And that means, it it, it kind of means accepting that somebody has a certain point of view or I think it could even apply to something so basic as meeting a client where they are like, oh, they like to have phone conversations. I will be somebody who has phone conversations with them instead of thrusting upon them. I'm going to text you whether you fucking (laughs) want it or not. So meeting people where they are is something that was really nice that I discovered this year. Um, The other thing that I discovered this year is when people in my life who are important to me are what they are, I've started looking at this whole dynamic like, okay, this person is a toaster. Okay. And if I, like, say a parent or a colleague, if I, if I wanted my parent to be one way and I really, really want a, a juicer in my life, <laughs> too bad. You got a toaster, and you can't say that the toaster doesn't make great toast. It pops up when it's done, you know, it works, it plugs in, it feeds you, and like, and you can go all day long, you can go, 
yeah, but it doesn't make juice. Mm-hmm. Like, I really would like juice. If I could just have juice, my life would be perfect. So I'm trying to, when when I when I catch myself going down that road of, right. oh, if this person could only be this, if this person could only do it this way, I'm like, you know what? They're a toaster. And that's just what they have to bring to the countertop. Right. So. And they can burn you. Um <laughs> Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And they're one of the leading causes of house fires. But that's a great... But but a juicer can squish your finger. (laughs) I get it. So a lot of times in the past few months, uh, I have just said to myself when I have a conflict, I'm like, they're just a toaster. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. They're a toaster. They're never going to give you something thoughtful for a birthday gift because they're a toaster. So anyway. That's a hard thing for me as far as, um, one, I see the youngins always going, red flag, I wouldn't be with someone who gives bad gifts. That means they don't care about me and da-da-da. And I'm like, y'all need to watch out with your red flags. You're going to have them, and they're never going to change but 98% of the rest of it is good. Maybe you need to work on, you know, getting over yourself. But um, the other part about it is what it is in a way, what you were saying is something that I experienced this year where I preached to everyone, put, I put relationship over religion. Other people don't have to. That's my family dynamics. And with some new influx I experience religion over relationship, and it killed me. It's upset. That's hard. A a lot of people at the same time, it's the thing of that's what they do. That's what they do, and that's what they've chosen. And I've got to just be like, I guess— uh, the intentions of mine were not their intentions. You know, I was trying to be accepting and loving, and that puts me on this pedestal right now, but I don't mean it like that, because they feel their pedestal of being a Christian is higher than that, which is what we believed, or I believed, when I was a Christian. So I, I get it. I also want to bust in and say this is one of the reasons why when you get people on the different platforms that we have saying, I wish you would adju- address the the war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is a, a whole population putting religion before relationships. And, and that's why I think it's, tough for you to say well uh, how can I address that this is just what people do this is what a lot of human beings do so we have addressed it but yeah people are like you haven't addressed it enough or I want you to do it in my way and hey don't forget to center your white ass Um, (laughs) but I mean that's what we've been doing for five years is talking about dominionism and Zionism and different things like that. But I know it's the expecting because life is in peril, you must. And to 
the person who put religion over our relationship, to them, eternal life is at peril. They must. Yeah. And I have to realize it. Well, the other scary thing is that is as right to them as our way of thinking is right to us. Right. Exactly. It's terrifying. I know. How can they not know there's so How can they not see everything like we do? (laughs) It's a shit storm. So that was a little bit about mental health, about physical health. I will say that going through the darkness of the change in how much my work volume was, it gave me a little bit more air in my life Mm -hmm. to focus on things like working out once a week with Mm -hmm. somebody who's going to just, again, with the obliger, like, tell me what to do for just a half an hour. And it gave me somebody who I can then also tell every day, like, this is how many steps I did. This is how many minutes I did on on a machine. Mm -hmm. So that was tremendous. I highly recommend finding somebody, anybody to tell every day what you did. You know, and okay. and just getting steps. I, I love know. my little Fitbit. I, I love it. I tell you, it's so great, oh, and gosh. it becomes a, a happy obsession. I've been counting know? them in my head. Is in there a head. better way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I love it. The other, <laughs> the other thing that I was going to say, physical health wise, I started eating better. And one of the things that I did that was fun, I've started interviewing friends and asking them what their what their eating life is like. <laughs> yeah. And I've got some friends who have never put on a pound. Well, so I get it. I'm just <laughs> I I quiz them and and it's really interesting how we all have different stories of how we developed our relationships, some of them not healthy, with food. Totally true. And what our bodies are doing. Because if you didn't know, yeah. we're not in our 20s, listeners. And your body will change. And to be able to see it as not a negative thing, but just this is a new phase that needs to be dealt with, with changing, diet, exercise, yeah. blah, 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 blah is totally fine. My health journey this last year was more of a negative one. However, uh, maybe due to my medications, um, it it's not depressing. So I got a minor, and people know this in the newsletter yet again, um, a minor, to me, condition that might take an operation, but it's okay. I was so excited. I called my brother. I talked to you. I'm like, I got a diagnosis because it took six months to get into the specialist. And when I told the doctor, hey, I saw something on TikTok and I think I have that. And it's been plaguing me for decades. They're like, no, you don't look like you have it. And I'm like, you didn't look at me. Um, So (laughs) I think just pushing forward with that and then getting a like nation-leading specialists, because I live in the Nashville-Vanderbilt area, to go, yeah, you have it. I was through the roof excited because I have a plan and I have validation and all this stuff. But I will tell you now, 
I, I do have a few conditions, and guess what the remedy, one of the first things is? Rest. Yep, don't like that. <laughs> I'm giving her the face. <laughs> well, the first thing is sleep, and my sleep is shitty. Yeah. And I'm, ugh. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which goes into my decreasing screen time. I'll tell you about that later. But uh, my sleep is shitty. And then the other is freaking the way I eat. I need to eat non-inflammatory. Because inflammation is the, the common denominator between most every disease. And I'm thinking... Uh, because I'm not the kind with ADHD. I, I'm just going to tell you this. Not anyone listening. For me You're to right. cut okay. up an apple is yeah. you might as well be saying you know you need to do a huge project at work. With ADHD, really? you need to just see something. It needs to be visible and grab it. But if you have to do more than one step. You put it off. Yeah. So I will go and I just look for anything I can grab to put in my mouth. And usually that is nothing put, okay. healthy. And usually that's carbs, which, well, carbs aren't bad, but usually that's gluten or dairy, you know, all those things. But now. Or processed of, and easily. There you go. Shove in a bowl to the mouth. Yes. Yeah. So what I need to do, instead of going and grabbing a granola bar, I need to grab a boiled egg and shove it in my pie hole, I think. That's how it's going to be now. It is. and But then that goes back to the, oh, fuck, now I've got to boil eggs. Now I've got to peel the boiled egg. Well, that's what I was, well, you just stole my thunder. Oh, I'm sorry. That was your idea. You are brilliant. And it's, it's such, I mean, I really have to do that. And I'm starting to send my husband, like, ADHD stuff, and he goes, oh, oh, everything. I mean, down the line. But I've had this forever, but now that people are putting it into words that are better suited, you know, anyway. So that's my health thing, but I'm excited oh. about this year. Can I take a moment to go take some pork that I have cooking out? Yes. Okay, I'll be right back. The other white meat. (laughs) To help me with my mental focus, my resting, my sleeping, my everything, I need to decrease screen time because I'm embarrassed. I'm not even going to tell you how much it is per day, but it's usually more than people are awake. Because I will fill it. I'll have it (laughs) as a filler, background noise, podcasts audiobooks, plus YouTube, TikTok. And because we're on those platforms and posting on a lot of those platforms, it helps us. And here comes that obliger. Mm -hmm. I want our podcast to keep growing, which it is, thanks to all you lovely people. But I want to be responsible to you and to my family, you know, by making it good. So I've got to play around with All of that. So what I have done, did you know that especially, I know on TikTok and on Instagram, you can go in the settings and put a time limit. So I've gone to do that. What happens when you reach the time limit? I don't know. I haven't gotten there. (coughs) But I'm (laughs) bragging because I did it yesterday. Um, But I don't know what happens 
I'm sure it gives some kind of warning or we'll close down in two minutes or whatever it is. And you can go in there and fix it and be like, no, I want to stay on. But again, it's that extra step. And I think just sort of putting like at a bowling alley when they put up the guardrails, I just need that kind of situation. <laughs> I know I'm a baby bowler. I need that. That's so funny. To help me decrease things. And turn yeah. things off because I'm my focus is shot. I don't read books anymore. And when I do, I get a little like, oh, I want to hear something going in my ears. This is bothering me, the quiet. Yeah. So I obviously okay. need to reset my nervous system, which people love to talk about, and have that yeah. happen. But... With social media and with being online, the good part is this last year, I have made good online friends. And I feel that they are sincere, real friends. And many times they're better than in-person friends because I don't feel guilty that I haven't had them over. Right. Yeah. It's not centered around eating or drinking when I talk to them. And... You know, we do get So you can moves. just be, you, <laughs> you wait, I'm getting a visual of you sitting there talking to your online friends surrounded by the fart smell that is a whole bunch uh-huh. of boiled eggs. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They don't have to know it. I don't have to be fully dressed. I don't have to leave my house. And I am a homebody. But to me, it really does fulfill different things. And uh, for the eighth time, newsletter that is where we get to hear a lot of things. You know, I put some personal things in there last time, and I heard, you know, back from two people, some really personal things that they've gone through. And that's my connection where I feel we're getting down to some nitty-gritty. But it's like my husband my relationship. People were surprised when he was in Australia and I was here Our phone calls, because it costs so much in that day, we weren't like, how's the weather? I'm just sitting here doing nothing. We got down to business. How do you feel about your father saying, you know, or whatever it is? So that limited stuff really does help getting down to business. Um, But it also, because of online things, Facebook is that fucking place where I stay because we have a amazing Facebook group where everyone is kind and helps each other and posts some very good memes for me to steal. But on my personal one, no one has known what we're doing here for five years. And I have to hide it from people. And I also feel like people think I do nothing all day. And I want to just, you know, I shouldn't be bothered by that. Um, so I came out. I came but out. we're humans. Right. Yeah. I came out as not only an atheist, but someone who works and does things in the area of helping or podcasting or this and that. People who have left or been hurt by the church or need resources or whatever it is. I didn't say the name of the podcast immediately. Certain people found it. And that is where we're going to leave you this week. Ah, it's a cliffhanger. What happens? 
is Karen alive next week? Well, it's me. So this is part one of us just being chatty as we're going through those months where we get to sit back and relax a little bit. Tune in next week as we go over a few other things that we've gotten from this last year and what we see coming in the new year. And I hope you have a great one. See you next week.